Welcome to Nonproductive. It's the podcast you're listening to right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Frank. I'm jo- Why do we ever do introductions? Do you think anybody ever cares? Yeah. 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 Huh? Do you care? If you care, leave a comment on this podcast any possible way. Or tweet us, leave a message, something. Reach out to us in some way and say you want to know who is demanding your attention during the start of the show. You won't. The answer is Frank. I'm Frank. I'm joined in studio as often by Pete, Al, Michelle, and James. And we're talking about what we talk about every week. Villains. Yes. I was going to say pop culture that I reconsidered it. And I was like, no, let's do this. Villains. We are doing villain redemptions. Al, can you walk us through why you've been uh, like a dog with a bone on this? That was your customary start of show cough. Go on. Uh, So pretty much... I've been on this ever since we had an article shared to the fam club uh, talking about why Kylo Ren's redemption arc doesn't quite work or hold up. And it's gotten me thinking like, man, what, when does it work? And when doesn't it work? Why, why do we accept sometimes when villains come to the table with like either, you know, an apology or like realizing once and for all, oh, I was the bad guy all along or something like why does it sometimes, like, ring entirely false, and other times, like, oh, no, we're on your side. Mm-hmm. Like, you can come along here and join the good guys and pal around. And as you said, Al, the thing that started all of this was an article about Kylo Ren, who is a character in the latest Star Wars trilogy, who may or may not have had a redemption arc. I think we are going to spoil everything we talk about. We'll say yeah, what, what it spoilers. is before we talk about it. But So yeah. you can turn off. Y- yes. Why are you so obsessed with people turning off this podcast? Are you working for a rival podcast? If so, I'm, can you let, give me a job at this rival podcast? I'm pretty sure that's the first time I mentioned it. No, I think you've said that several times in the past. Maybe. Well, maybe. I don't know. I, well, not no. today. To be honest, Certainly. I turn off the podcast whenever you start talking, so I don't know. Is Pete the villain? Yeah. Uh, definitely. Without a question. And but this yes. is his redemption arc. So I'm the hero of my story, Dan. So, spoiler alert for Star really. Wars all the way up inclusive. Kylo Ren may or may not have a redemption arc, there were air quotes on that, in the latest trilogy, at the close of the latest trilogy. It depends on how you interpret that last movie. Uh, And Vader definitely does, and people seem to be more upset about Kylo Ren's redemption arc versus Vader's. So uh, let's spend some time on that, shall we? I think it's hard, right? So if you look at the original trilogy with Darth Vader... Mm. Right. We only have Vader as kind of this ominous figure. We're kind of insinuated that Vader has done, you know, horrible things, large scale atrocities, but we don't get to experience any of them personally. Yeah. So when he, you know, at the end, saves his son in a personal effort by stopping the emperor and coincidentally helping save the galaxy, um, you know, we tend to give him the benefit of the doubt. We've yeah, got a lot of... Uh, for the first three movies, all you see him do is fight other soldiers. He's a bad the guy. Worst, he the worst you can accuse him of is standing by and not doing anything when Tarkin vaporizes Alderaan. Right, that's exactly. the big one. And uh, I'm glad you brought it up because a lot of, I'm sure listeners are going like, what do you mean he didn't do anything? He was, But I, I, do, I think that may be too big of a yeah. thing. Like, it's just an entire planet blows yeah. up. Yeah. It may not be directly his... Yeah, it's a very nebulous thing to have yeah. happen. You can sort of like 
just brush around like was he involved how was he and, and i think what's very important is also most of us have seen watch watched the original trilogy as children and in the same way that you've got kids dressing as kylo ren right now going like yeah no problem they're not thinking about that he was kind of abusive to his girlfriend or you know because it's not in their vocabulary yet. it's yeah. not their, they're not thinking about it right uh whereas kylo ren well i was gonna say things get a little first things get a little more complicated oh, for vader. vader yes right you're right so george lucas does the prequels and well we don't have um you know we don't have anything in the uh, first two movies in revenge of the sith we pretty much see him go i'm gonna go murder a bunch of young jedi children and that yeah that's pretty well, high up don't there forget on the, the attack of the clones genocide yeah there's also the 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 tuscan raiders yeah he starts doing things that are more quite obviously horrible right, right. you don't see a group of, i killed the women and the children even is i think what he says about yeah. the tuscan raiders that's never suggested in the original trilogy that Vader was like, well, I was looking for people and I killed everyone in Cloud City to look for you. No, that's just that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And also, we, we forget, like, he is somewhat responsible for the death of his wife. Um, sure, there's like, that as well. Kind of, like, it's a lot to take in on that character, like, in a weird way, post-mortem. Mm-hmm. Like, past the character's, like, actual death in the uh, in the original trilogy. And us already accepting that Vader had his comeback. And, like, and now it's... New information on how bad he is. How comfortable are we with that? Can we retroactively take that back? Is that like a- yeah, it, for whatever reason for me, and I think for a lot of people, although not for everyone, it doesn't s- spoil things because it, it, because of the amount of time it was decades yeah. before we found out the additional information. Even seeing maybe seeing like um, uh, Anakin, young Anakin as a Force ghost at the end, always kind of felt weird mm, in ways yeah. that are kind of hard to describe. Some of it's the <laughs> expressions and the act and whatever. Yeah. But like, it, it makes you feel like, oh, this is the guy who did some really shady things. The old guy, I don't I mean, he didn't do anything. He was just an old guy who choked a few soldiers. Wow, that's dark. But okay, yeah. See, I, I actually, um, I, I had came at this from the perspective of being raised Catholic. Okay. And... This made perfect sense. The whole Darth Vader arc made perfect sense to me because according to Catholic faith, you can basically do anything mm. in life. And if you truly repent on your deathbed, you're considered to be redeemed. Right. And which is which seems to be what happens with Vader. And I'm going to piggyback on that as a narrative tool. And it's also going to play into, if we can jump over to Kylo Ren, is death is a big narrative tool to help with that redemption idea Mm. redemption equals death well or just the idea that you are more redeemable in your final act if it costs you everything right right that you can give up all of yourself for specific actions and that that adds to it it also eases us i think as viewers or watchers or intakers of that media if you know Kylo Ren isn't able to, at the end, go off and pal around with, you know, Ray and Poe and them. He's like, yeah, so guys, wasn't this great? We were friends Sorry the whole time. The whole thing before. <laughs> yeah. I know that. And that's actually one of the things that, like, other, some movies, when, when they do it, it's so powerful. Black Panther, to spoil Civil War a little bit, Black Panther saving Zemo. Right, yeah. he's saying yes. no. You have to pay for this. You don't get to just die and be done with this. Yeah. The living still have uh, are not done with you yet. That's a really powerful thing. Uh, and I want to address some things that the listeners might be focusing on right now uh, in terms of death, whether or not it really does redeem you for whatever. Like, I, I, yeah. that's a question we're not going to answer. And that little kind of sneaky way of saying it, truly repentive, right? 
It's, yeah. That's the thing where you can never really, that's up for God to know, right? Yeah. Yep. And we're not, God isn't the audience of these stories. We are. <laughs> so please don't sample that at all. But anyways, but God is in the audience of this story. We are, so it's entirely possible to see a character die, give the ultimate sacrifice, and be truly repetitive and look at them like, I don't believe it. I don't buy it. That might be might be a failure of the filmmaker or yeah, whatever I say, I who doesn't express are, it. I think there are ways to craft the story in a way that you can you get the sense that that character is truly yeah. repenting? Yeah. yeah, and that's what we're going to be talking like about. Vader's actions before his death, mm-hmm. you know, turning on the Emperor, are. I mean, you can argue about how effective it works narratively, but <laughs> now, yes, it's clearly an attempt at doing mm. that. So I let's think, go in a little bit into Kylo Ren. Yeah, so I think Kylo Ren has kind of the opposite problem that Vader has in the movies. He's made out to be this bad guy, right? He, um, you know, from the beginning, we talk about how he turned on the Jedi Temple that Luke was raising, how he was involved in the killing of all of the the people. We see that moment in The Last Jedi where, you know, theoretically he snaps and he's supposed to, you know, he's given it all. We see the horrible acts he does. He does it in 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 media, in the Mm -hmm. in the original story we're watching. Right. They have tried to backpedal that a little bit using other media. I know, Frank, you're pretty famous for saying, like, well, if it's not in the main So let's not even address it. I know in the book something probably like, oh, well, we found out he was being manipulated by the... Uh, but right, that's exactly be it, right. It's all that sort of stuff. He's manipulated by this. He didn't actually kill all those people. Yeah. He was just there. If anything, that all makes that it sort of worse. Stuff. It just mm-hmm. feels like you're defanging agency from a character that did the things that they did, and yeah. that's stuff that people in the real world do all the time when they're being bad people. They say, "You don't understand. I was being influenced by things. I couldn't help it. This is just the way boys will be boys." I like, use the phrase garbage. you were looking for. I was just following orders. Yes, just yeah. following orders. So um, we yeah. don't we don't get any of that sort of. I, I don't know. I feel yeah. like with Kylo Ren, we don't get what you said. We don't get that moment of genuine. I can't kind of agree. I, and I'd say taking that a step forward. I think there are moments where we see Kylo trying to, you know, fight it. I don't think we ever actually get. That moment where yeah. he, he truly does. He certainly seems to waver in his conviction, right, one, through yeah. all the movies. One thing he's got against him in a, a redemption arc that Vader didn't have is he's got a depth of character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's Vader, true. Vader was a monolithic evil, you know. That was we part got of the no, character. We yeah. got no story behind him. We didn't know any of his motivations. We had all this explanation about why Kylo was doing what he was doing, you know, what he thought his justifications were. So knowing all that, like we never get a him overcoming any of that or seeing to, seeming to be sorry for what he did. So since we're missing these scenes, because like even when he goes and gives his life up to save Rey, he doesn't ever get that scene that Vader has at the end where he's like talking to a... Uh, to Luke and being like, I'm going to die. I like just hmm. go like, he sort of yeah. has that moment where he doesn't say he's sorry, but we, how could you like, yeah. but you get it's, it, it is an apology in a way. And Kylo kind of doesn't get that. And I don't, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a little, I don't quite agree with this. And I think we've gone around in a circle to say that there's, this is a nuanced topic, yeah. but especially with this character. Um, so full disclosure, I actually don't mind Kylo Ren's quote redemption arc. The reason why I kept saying like I don't know if he is redeemed because I think it's nebulous and that's great. 
Yeah. Because he vanishes like a Jedi, which is really all we know about what, <laughs> what I guess, Sith blow up. Um, uh, but uh, he vanishes like a Jedi, but he doesn't become a Force ghost. We don't see him sort of hanging out in with aunt and uncle, or mom and uncle, uh, in heaven, Force, yeah. space, whatever. We don't know what happens. Is he truly, like, is there a redemption arc? I think it's much more obvious. I think the crimes of Kylo Ren are much more visceral. Kills your father, uh, assaults a woman, a prisoner, yeah, and kills uh, uh, villagers, and then maybe also kills a star system. Although to be blunt, that's equally big for me that I forgot it. The yeah, same it's way the same sort I of forgot thing about. Yeah. And once again, one. he yeah. didn't pull the trigger on that one. Yeah, yeah, but like, but the point is, I think that's the thing that makes people angry. I mean, literally, you read people's reactions are he was uh, he had her chained to a desk, was manipulating her mind. Yep. Like that's messed up. And Vader never really. You don't see Vader abusing his son. You don't see him like doing traditional child no, abuse to Luke and then after he has says, Leia do he doesn't really like the worst that happens is she gets a truth serum one time which yeah, is still bad we, we but also it's don't not know, like, he doesn't know it's his daughter yeah, and, and she's a prisoner and blah 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 there's blah. a lot there's a very different relationship that he has even for the people that are his prisoners and like and it's it's not he at no point does the things that Ren does like not saying that we have to like all of a sudden to you know beat up Ren here because yeah, so I think you're right about the, point, the redemption arc right. is that it may not even qualify for this because maybe he doesn't and it's not necessarily like so that story is good in its own way, but and just not this. The point is that this is an interesting topic, and it's not just <laughs> these two Star Wars characters. There's about a billion. It so, is really interesting that Kylo's solution to every moral problem that he finds is kill your father figure. <laughs> well, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, all right, so let's go down our list. Uh, I guess we're going to pick this randomly because we did not discuss this beforehand. Uh, let's go right into, we, we brought up the Marvel movie, so let's talk about Loki. Right? Loki is a problem. Uh, Loki starts off as a um, an interesting, nuanced villain yeah. in Thor. Uh, and clearly he graduates to big leagues when he makes it to the Avengers. And then suddenly he becomes what? Cute? Narratively, Loki is really interesting because of so many external factors right i can't i can't discredit the way the marvel movies are made in this mm. equation here yeah. right he's introduced as a a villain in thor he's a breakout character so they're like bring him back for the avengers so joss whedon is like sure but he's the villain right well. so you bring him back and he's the main villain for the avengers blah 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 thanos pulling the strings and then they're like but he's still around, so you got to bring him back for Thor 2. And then in Thor 2, they're kind of like, well, you know, you know what? Who's got great chemistry together? Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth. And then it's wacky hijinks. By the know. time we get to Thor Ragnarok, it is, it is buddy cop. Yeah. Full on buddy yeah. cop. Yeah. But I will I'll argue about Thor 2 hmm. a little bit, though, is that like it isn't necessarily wacky hijinks in that film. It is a lot of them not necessarily trying to redeem Loki in the eyes of like everything he's done. But like they try to repair the relationship that Thor has with him. Yeah. And that's that's, that's not necessarily a redemption arc in a weird way, if that makes sense. Uh, no, I don't know about that. I I think Thor Dark World is that kind of blind spot that justifies Loki's arc towards redemption because in that movie, Loki is dealing with, being a prisoner, is dealing with the angst of losing his mother. He's realizing that, like, basically before this movie, he is a spoiled little kid who wanted to be king, kind of, 
and then he would do anything for power and he did he in league with whatever those aliens were from Avengers trying to do all that stuff but by this movie he kind of feels that there are consequences to what you do I think my problem though is the end of that movie he tricks Thor into thinking he's dead right he kind of redeems himself in Thor's eyes and then he goes and imprisons his father uh, yeah. uh, so that he can be king I'll say this one I don't think Odin was a good guy no, oh, I, well, I didn't say that. And but... I think he also said, you know what? This is, I'm sending him on Earth to his little dream yeah, by, state. By the time yeah. we get to, we, know, we never see Loki imprison Odin at all. I guess. And by the time we get to Ragnarok, it's, Im- yeah, Ragnarok. Yeah. It's implied that Odin was in on it. That Odin wanted to leave. Mm. I think it was one of those things where Odin is so powerful and wise and such a smug bastard yeah, that he'll be like, I knew you were going to leave. <laughs> or yeah. like, you do know I could come back. But the thing is, is, did Loki do a bad job as like a king and leader? Yes, he did. It was a horrible job. Oh, actually, Wait, yeah. They, 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 they do oh, that in act one the of, uh, of Ragnarok. They mention about how th- th- the... Uh, Oh my god! What's he the... just looked like he just wants attention. No, no, but like oh, yeah. in, in Thor Ragnarok, they go on about mm. how the other realms have gone in disarray because Loki hasn't done anything. Their yeah. realms wow. have not been defended, and he's just kind of kept yeah. everybody there. And so I think like... tonally, the movie's changed so much by the time you get to Ragnarok. Like his villainy is like a comic villain. I don't think we have many examples in our list today, which we have to get to. That are lots of comic villains because those can flux- fluctuate and it'll be mm. fine. Yeah. With Loki, I, th- I traditionally I would agree with most people, and that horrible kind of non-in-the-fiction, like, oh, the staff is affecting him. That's why he did the Battle of New York. That's why yeah. he did Avenger stuff. I don't like that kind of stuff. He was bad because he made bad decisions. He seemed like he was stuck that he had to do this, in a way. But, but he also reveled in it. He enjoyed it. He also enjoyed Yeah, I think he would have yeah. loved to be King of Earth just to prove that he could, yeah. of, uh, Midgard. But I, I think there is a bit of redemption in there more than people let on. And I think a lot of it comes into a movie that people don't like as much, Dark World. Yeah. But I mm. want to say, like, it's it does still work. Like, we sit here and we can complain about, like, how there are ma- little slight issues with it. But the public always is just kind of behind Loki's side. And I think it has nothing to do with the films. I think it just has to do with Tom Hiddleston. Sure. I, I think the same argument can be made for um, uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah, I mean. I think a lot of people, Raylos, will forgive him because he's... A dreamboat. Because Adam Driver is really attractive. And he does a good job in the movies. No, it, wow, why? Subjectively, All of his characters are terrible. No, objectively. <laughs> like, have you, like, if you see it, all the other people that Speaking he Speaking of characters as, that are terrible, let's keep it in the Marvel Universe. Let's go through the X-Men. We're going to focus on the comics, but we're going to talk, uh, I mean, it'll it'll drift. So is there an X-Men that doesn't fall in this category? <laughs> Literally every X-Men villain is this character. Uh, let's start with... Who should we start with? Magneto. Let's begin at the beginning. All right. Okay. Yeah. Magneto, I think, at one point became more complex when they modified his backstory as yeah. being uh, a prisoner of a real world, basically a Holocaust survivor. And once that happened, he became a much more, much more interesting villain and mm-hmm. character. And I think he's always been on the line, one way or another. But he always had a point, And I think that was what was... That was what made it easier for him to, to toe that line. Even if you didn't agree with what his solution was, his methods were not were not good. His ideals were, were, were good in the idea of like, well, I want freedom for mutants. Yeah. I want them to be free of oppression. But the only way I'm going to be able to do that is if I like, you know, I declare war on actual humanity. Um, yeah. You as humans, we kind of arguably don't like that. What? It, what yeah, I mean, it, it, Magneto's 
philosophy was that mutants are superior to humans and deserve to rule the world and should do so by force. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, there and there. That was the original. And it still it carries in most of the, the the versions. There's it's not just that we need to protect ourselves. It's it's a step forward. It's the we are we should be in charge. It's almost not learning the lessons of oppression, and deciding instead I should oppress impress oppress oppress yeah, impress others like oppress others. yeah or learning the wrong yeah. lessons as it were yeah, yeah. so uh, I he, I don't know I think I mean his 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 viewpoint gradually evolved to like a less evil kind of we don't need to wipe out humans or take over the earth we can just live separate from them like we'll, we'll go off onto our own asteroid and form our own society and just leave them alone yeah but if you uh, threaten us at all then we are yeah. going to destroy you as a as an so you, you leave us alone and we'll leave you alone yeah kind of thing which I, is I, it's hard for me defensible to... i guess but yeah so i think the thing with um magneto is that he has a complex viewpoint that makes it harder to ever say you were wrong. But I wouldn't. I would not go as far as to say he was redeemed. I think he. I think as long as he stays Magneto, he's he's still kind of a villain. I think something that helps us too is depending on what story, what movie, what comic, mm-hmm. whatever you're watching. There's obviously that that underlying idea that him and Charles or him and the good guys used to be friends or that they've teamed up together or that yeah. they've done things that have bettered the world. You know, so it's it's not it's not redeemed, particularly because comics are like, you know, always going forever. That's but true. But it's like it's like Magneto is on this ever and a lot of the X-Men fall here is on this ever tipping scale of conflict, yeah. you know, and that's that it's, you know, how much good and how much bad. And they'll get weighed when they, you know, cross the river. And there are times where he goes way over on the other end of that, where he leads the X-Men in Xavier's absence. And like, despite it being against his philosophies. And just being like, nope, I'm a good guy for now, and um, I'm going to follow uh, Charles's example, even though I don't agree with it. So, yeah, Michelle, were you trying to say something? So, I feel like part of it has to do with some of his intentions as Magneto weren't necessarily wrong. Just even, uh, I'm thinking back to like the first terrible movie. Actually, no, the first one was was good. Everything after that. The first terrible movie was three. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, one and two two was in which... His main reasoning behind his actions were because the non-mutant humans wanted to control the mutants, in which, like, I can see his rationale. It's but reasonable. It's, it, yeah, but way. it's just he, the way he went about it wasn't. Yeah. That's what it was. The, que- the, 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 the quest the, the was... The thrust of, Mar- of Magneto's villainy is his tactics. Yeah. The way he chooses to yeah. respond to the negative... Like they put uh, iron in the guy's blood and pulled it out of his body, and I remember yeah. being like nine and seeing that and being like, "Oh." So I think so. The, here's my uh, my my ruling on this. If you let me see, see if you guys agree, I think Magneto rides the line of villainy throughout. It's a very complex villainy, but villain, but it rides that line throughout. Uh, and the only times where he literally steps over that line and becomes kind of like heroic or what have you is, I think, as James said, a function of the 
soap opera-like story structure of comic books, they go on forever that eventually people are like, yeah, all right, in this scenario, thing the bad guy is even worse than Magneto, so yeah. Magneto is a good guy. So I don't even, I wouldn't even consider that an arc, a redemption arc. I just think it's a complex good villain. Yeah, I, I think Magneto fails my basic redemption test because at no point that I can ever remember in really any story does Magneto express remorse or an understanding that what he did was wrong. Yeah. Oh, that's accurate. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so he, I, he's, he always stands behind his reasoning. So here's a question for you guys who are more into the X-Men than I am. What about the opposite of this? Where's that good guy that did something really horrible <laughs> that we've all kind of like swept under the rug or forgotten about? Uh, Cyclops? Cyclops? Professor X or Cyclops? I mean, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, either you one of them, me. they're pretty bad. Oh, God. Professor X, I think it's... I think it's complicated. In both those situations, you gotta. I don't. We're already long on an episode, and I think in both those situations, we've got characters who are portrayed as heroes who've fallen and done something that's specifically bad, and then eventually it's walked back slightly, or in yeah. some cases, erased, as in it was a mind parasite. Uh, yeah, yeah, which uh, which happens quite often with uh, Professor X. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but but it's a shame because like, he's lousy with mind problems. Yeah, <laughs> because by the nature of of Xavier's power, it's inherently kind of evil. Oh yeah, it's so it's shady. hard to yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's good, but I think it would be way too much in the weeds if we went into. Oh yeah, 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 But let's go with something that's a little less in the weeds, still in the X Men universe. Let's talk about Emma Frost quickly because I do think she's kind of an opposite of Magneto. Oh, I I absolutely hate the uh, Emma Frost character. I don't. I don't think she ever comes anywhere close to a uh, a redemption. Really, because all we get with Emma Frost is Emma Frost was a villain mm-hmm. uh, from the especially loathsome Hellfire Club. She eventually got a sympathetic backstory tacked on. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she was abused when she was young and has just done what she had to do to uh, survive. Right, and then. Everybody just starts treating her like she's a good guy. That's interesting. It's like I don't. I honestly don't know enough about this. I kind of feel when I piece together, it always feels like other characters are treating her like you know Emma's bad, but she's a good guy. And like what? She's here now. She she pretty much just stops being a villain when she wants to be. There's a very weird, like nebulous moment where, like moments, really, where she's like, "I'm not this anymore. I'm this now." And it's, it's a good kind, question. It's just a go ahead. Oh, so my, here's my thing, and then this is what I've read in the few comics I've read with Emma Emma Frost as a good guy that surprised me. I, I always got the impression that maybe she's manipulating people into believing she's a good person because she is like I mean that's yeah. kind of her mo. So and not even like lying to people, but literally like using her mutant ability to change their minds about her. Th- that's I mean I think they've tried to do hand wavy him about that like mm-hmm. saying oh well you know you couldn't get past uh, oh, right. the psychic yeah. defenses that are uh-huh. around like that but I, I think there, it's very likely that there's a combination of the two in effect that would be very interesting I mean to because me. she's she's demonstrated that she's very capable of manipulating people mm-hmm. with or without her mental right. abilities I want to put an asterisk on this before we go much further because I don't think we have enough info on this one and I know for a fact Emma Frost fans love her in her redemption. And and I feel like 
there's another side to the story that I, I we as non-productive are not saying. Yeah. Like, this is absolutely true. Maybe it's just the select comics we've read or whatever. Mm. And if you have an opinion on this, please leave a comment on this post. We definitely want to hear more about this because this is something that sounds to me to be a good redemption story, except it never really made sense to me. I, I would love to hear the, uh, the Emma Frost uh, supporters chime in with their wrong opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. I definitely feel like this is a thing, though, where we have, let's tack on a tragic backstory to our villain, and that's the redemption of it. We have that sort of in, like, postmodernist, like, uh, like, characters where we're like there were villains in stories and then we added like tragic backstories onto them to attempt to redeem them all right so uh i've been thinking about two characters like this um the two that ring true for me on this is alphaba right yeah we have wicked right which kind of is the tragic backstory of the wicked witch of the west that kind of rewrites her Mm -hmm. her thing um and then the most recent maleficent movie i think tries to do this as well right so these are two really tricky things. First of all, like Michelle mentioned in pre-production, there are two female characters who... Female w- characters get rewritten a lot. Rewritten and not given redemption arcs in original stories. No. Nope, you don't get a redemption arc if you're a female character in the original <laughs> story. You just fall off and die. You generally. just get a you just get a tragic backstory. Well, you would... Uh, that's what... the clo- I mean, in, in a way, I'd rather have that than, than just fall <laughs> off a cliff and die. But yes... Um, uh, yeah, and so, I, I actually appreciate that more than rewriting the original story. Yeah, to I guess, you know, yeah, yeah. But like, we'll, okay, this, I, I love Wicked's approach to that, mm-hmm. especially because it's you know, okay, you know the story, you saw the story from one point of view. Yeah, now it's from another. Here's another point of view that doesn't contradict what you knew at all. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it. She still gets to be the Wicked Witch of the West in, you know, in that yeah. in the movie. But you know, we know that behind the scenes, scenes. it's it's there all were other a motivations. part of the plan. There are other yeah. motivations that her and right, and that really works well for characters like the Wicked Witch of the West and Maleficent. I think, uh, I mean, it has the potential to work well at least. I think, yeah, the, certainly. when you have a character that. never gets fleshed out in the original material. Exactly, I think that's why Wicked Witch. And to be perfectly honest, I did not read all of. Uh, L. Frank, well, L. Frank Baum, L. Frank Baum's like uh, books. Uh, maybe the well, witch. She's only in the one. She, yeah, she died. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, but because she's such a skeleton of a character, it works out yeah. to give her more of a backstory. I think it works so much better in uh, in Wicked to a certain extent because they, the difference between these, I feel like the stakes are a little bit like. It's very heavy-handed in Maleficent, and not in the best way. When her wings get cut off, the allegory is very, very clear, yeah. and it's it's uncomfortable. Um, because this is not that type... A, this doesn't feel like it's that type of story. And B, it's just kind of like, how do you... Like, I, I'm, I, I'm always going to be sympathetic to her at this point. Like, yeah. her doing anything villainous, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. This is horrible. And with Wicked, it's like, there's complexity to what she's doing, and when she chooses to do something evil, we're, oh, honey, don't do that, but I guess I understand what you're doing, and yeah, that person's horrible. Uh. I think one problem with Maleficent was that it was so much more about what was happening to her and, and why... Wicked works better than Maleficent. It's, it's a lot easier to talk about if you're comparing the two. Yeah. So in Wicked, everything is about the choices that Elphaba makes. And the and other her characters goals around trying, her yeah. as well. Yeah. And the way, yeah, the way she's reacting to what they do. Whereas stuff just seems to happen to Maleficent 
like awful stuff happens and to her. She's powerful and does a lot of cool things, but like she has no control over being uh, um, uh, uh, massacred. What's the word am I thinking of? Uh, uh, maimed, dewinged, maimed, maimed, but maimed was the word I was looking for. Maimed. Uh, the reason for her maiming seemed kind of like shoehorned in as a it little was like very weird and was, didn't make a lot of sense. It was just to make that person super bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and even then, they they weirdly reframe him and then she, unframe him. It's yeah, very bizarre. why she was going to get revenge on a child and then decided not to get revenge on that child, but then grew to love that child. All of it just felt like not well thought out. Yeah. Where wicked, there is a a pattern that they've filled through and a narrative thread they held on the entire time. This brings up a really interesting point. Is there a, something that can happen to you, something so tragic and awful that it kind of negates all of the, the future awfulness you might do? Well, I think that's what people think about Snape. Mm, boo. Or mo- most people think about but Snape. But I don't even know if that Not really counts. Really. Does he... Does Let's, Besides, let's, let's frame it out. Yeah. Snape, we have saw him in a bunch of movies or books where he is abusive to Harry, maybe an ally to Harry. It's kind of hard to make out. He's not uh, just abusive to Harry. He's abusive, abusive to, to like kid. almost every student except the Slytherins. Right. And uh, ultimately ends up killing a headmaster, more or less, and then ends up uh, being on the side of the Death Eaters in this big war until we find out his tragic backstory, quote unquote. Uh, quote unquote. His, it's tough because there's certainly a lot of reframing that happens in that backstory. There's reframing of James Potter, who <laughs> we're kind of thought of as maybe a hero at this point. But, yeah. you know, it, it gives this motivation to Snape so centrally on his relationship to Lily that it, to me, it always brings up the question is, was Snape ever... What, where does Snape fall on the line of being good or bad to begin with? Yeah, I think Pete said that at one point. Yeah. He's like, was he yeah. ever a villain? Every piece yeah. of his motivation is so central on his love slash obsession yeah. for Lily that it's it's weird depending on how you look at it. If Snape really loved and cared about Lily as a person and not just a female attractive object... Mm. He never would have become a Death Eater in the first place because when they were in their fifth year after their owls, Lily went to him and said, why are you hanging out with McNair and this person and that person, all who become Death Eaters by their own choice? I'm waiting to give you a bell. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes, she she confronted him. he, He wouldn't have done it. If he really was a good person. That's a big deal. And he cannot use the excuse of my father was bad to my mother as a reason for all of his behavior in the future. And the only reason that he ever decided to confess to Dumbledore was because it was Lily Potter. And that doesn't make him a good person because if they were overhearing it and they thought it was the Longbottoms, he would have just sat back and let it happen. Exactly. Uh, like, Snape only really at any point... It was a two-beller because yeah. it was a, quite a rant. Yeah, at any point in time, he decides... The only reason he decides to flip to the... Or heel face turn, rather... He decides to do that only to protect Lily, not for any greater good or because he's sorry for what he did or Mm -hmm. because he thinks he was in the wrong. I have a question then. Why is that any better or worse than Vader? Yeah, he kills his Mm. boss and whatever, dies in the process, but to save his kid. It's uh, because I didn't know he had a kid. He would have been like, oh, I don't care. It's because of the relation. It's because of the way we view the relationship, right? So 
Vader to his son, there's some sort of natural understanding that Vader will have this sense of duty to his kin. Mm -hmm. It becomes almost weird that Snape, and and, and Snape even clearly has some conflict with it Mm. in there too, because Harry's also partially James, who he does not like. Yeah, I think it's even more tragic because Snape is doing it for a child that is not his biological kid. Uh, I was going to say something about that. All right, go for it, Michelle. (laughs) So, but leading in with that, Mm -hmm. if Snape truly, really loved Lily, he would have viewed Harry as a continuation of her as a person, and he wouldn't have treated him so poorly throughout Mm. the whole book series. And I understand that he had a certain front that he had to hold up, but, you know, he was very specifically cruel towards him and his friends and and people like Hermione when mm-hmm. her teeth grow big in the fourth book right before the Yule Ball and he's like, oh, I don't see any difference. Like, why has no professor ever been fired from Hogwarts? <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but like, I, as much as I, I kind of almost understand Snape's relationship with Harry to a certain extent because this wasn't just the product of Lily. It was the product of his abuser growing up, of the person who tortured him. And there are plenty of people that do have those very complex relationships with the product of those people in their lives. And I'm not saying it makes everything he did fine, but I'm okay with the complexity of the relationship he has with Harry. I, I don't think that, ma- that that reaction to Harry makes him a villain. There are plenty of other evil. things to do that. Yeah. I, I, and, and the way he treats the other kids makes him a bad teacher, but he's not. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's, he's not, he's not a villain. You know, I, I the, the idea of the sacrifice here also helps him. Right. So maybe for better or for worse, Michelle brings up that maybe he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have done this sacrifice if it were Neville. But when he finds out it's Harry, he does theoretically commit, the rest of that time, the rest of his living life to following Dumbledore's orders, which, you know, mm-hmm. I guess <laughs> that's, good. that's, that's a whole other kettle of worms, um, you know, and, and undoing to some extent some of these wrongs um, or at yeah. least trying to prevent more wrongs from happening uh, immediately to those people. I, I want to try to if I wrap this up as well. Although it's impossible because this one is like a deep emotional thing. I do. I think there's a couple of things going on here. One, I think uh, Snape and his cruelty to the kids at uh, at the school and whatever is just my opinion. And, uh, you know, a lot of people share it. But for me, I justify it because he was in deep cover in a war. Right. And if, if he had been anything less than Snape, the Death Eater in disguise to these kids, he would be dead and Harry would probably be dead and we wouldn't be talking right now because Voldemort would be president of the UK. (laughs) I'm not really sure how that movie was supposed to go, but whatever. I I think the much more interesting thing to, to, to delve into is him willingly being a Death Eater until it became... In, like he's like, oh, I didn't know one of my loved ones would be hurt. Yeah, that's I think ding, ding, the, ding, the ding, much ding. bigger. And we brought it up already. We already brought this up. But I think it's one of those things where like you're you're chasing too many rabbits. And I think I don't think for Snape it's really about how he treats Harry and the kids as much as the is this guy who just you know fell out of fascism because he had a crush on somebody he shouldn't have, and is that 
and that that crush is weird. It's, it's, very, it's very weird because weird. it's 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 validated in fiction because it literally changes his soul to like, yeah. and it's weird. It's very complex and it's very bizarre and it's, it's one of those extremely problematic. People still bring up like always is, as a love term. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. No, it's no, not. I'm not so good on that one. Actually. But it's it's so weird to hear that in like because it she yeah. did not, it was not requited, but it was still validated. Yeah, is he, that any different than what happened with Dumbledore? How do you mean? Well, Dumbledore was on board oh. with, uh, Grindelwald. with Grindelwald, mm, the, the, the magic Hitler. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, let's yeah. be real here. Like, There's a lot that's complex about Dumbledore uh. as far as him maybe even being a bad guy because of him possibly leading Harry just to die. Yeah. There's a lot that's weird about him. I don't want to use I don't think we need to use him as an example of like. A good person in this in this universe. So just to yeah, wrap, D- Dumbledore only turns around because of what happens to his loved one, his sister. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, so yeah, having something uh, or Loki, right? I mean, I made the argument that in Dark World, finding out like, oh man, a loved one can get hurt, stops him from trying to take over Midgard oh, to become into the person where he's like, okay, there's consequences to my actions. So my, I, I think maybe this is acceptable because. If you're looking at redemption the wrong way, if redemption isn't like erasing the past, it's saying you've learned maybe a hard lesson and you will do what it takes to change. And I do think even though Snape at one point, you know, was a fascist monster, he learned that lesson and he did what it took to change. To wrap up the idea of villains in the Harry Potter franchise, it's important to remember that there are not just good people and evil people, as Lupin said in, I think, book five. Yes. I definitely want to take that idea, Frank and Michelle, and jump over into Game of Thrones. Um, I actually really like Theon. And it. I think the book and his arc encompasses a lot of everything we've just talked about, right? Theon is a jerk when we meet him. He commits atrocious acts. He is horrible. Horrible things happen to him. We have that moment in his story where he truly, you know, in the eyes of the viewer, I guess, repents, right? The moment where he's being tortured and it's like, oh, you know, your father, blah, 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 blah. And he screams, my father died when he was beheaded on King's Landing. The recognition that, you know, that he had made a mistake. He had forsaken the people who loved him. And then he spends the rest of his time, you know, essentially having more awful things happen to him. And then uh, <laughs> yeah, trying to trying to make up for that. And then watching know. someone that he loved be harmed. And- uh, yeah. Well, and then, you know, and then ultimately, you know, gives his life right in the the um, pursuit of making up for what he's done. I think Theon has every element of everything we've talked about here that we're looking for when we're looking for that story. I mean, he even kills children. He, no, he's but he killed, he killed different I, children I'm than he was supposed to. Wondering the way you framed that out <laughs> was like, he has everything you could look for. He even kills children. <laughs> because it ties back to what we're talking uh-huh. about with Vader. Yeah, yeah. I know what you, I know what you were aiming for. But Same killed, where you landed. But he killed children nobody cared about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just village boys, not the king. Woof, okay. I'm sorry. Not the king or the target practice. But, uh, all right. Oh, But I'm, I will sad. piggyback off of James, and I'm like, better. I'm going to say, 
is it only because of the horrible things that happened to him that make him forgivable, or is it no, because it's it, him, him realizing? Because what happens? Because he he. So do repents. we have a formula? I mean, we've the last two things we just stumbled upon. We don't have to recap. Yeah. Yeah. So Snape and Theon may have given us a formula, if and which started off with Vader, the uh, genuine uh, repentance. repentance. Something happens where you acknowledge, oh wow. <laughs> This was bad. <laughs> I'm a bad guy. And you do stuff about it and you try to stop. Because if you uh, if you apply this formula for the next few characters and we're going to do the lightning round, let's yep. see if it works. Frank, okay. there's another formula, though. Well, what's that? So, just like we saw with Magneto and you kind of see with Loki, too, but we didn't mention it, is Theon doesn't seem so bad once we get introduced to Ramsey Bolton. Just like... Magneto doesn't seem so bad when there are worse villains, or Loki doesn't seem that bad when Hela escapes from the yeah. underworld and like wrecks everything. Yeah, I, well, think, I think that makes that makes for a, uh, a an easier to accept retro, uh, redemption, but not necessarily a truer redemption. Yeah, I, I don't even know if that is truly a redemption as much as like uh, the villain you know, yeah, kind yeah. of thing yeah. where you're like, I'm it's, okay with that. I, it could eventually be used in a way that's yeah. helpful, like with Magneto. Like if there's a real redemption, it's easier to accept when that happens. Yeah, so all right, so let's but, use this formula in this lightning round. So it's the next character that popped up, Pacifica Northwest of Gravity Falls. Let's use the Theon Greyjoy <laughs> formula. <laughs> all right, non-productive. Uh, non-productive. Well, she only attempted to kill the uh, children. Let's God. teach her how a bark. That's wow. <laughs> what? I'm not editing all of this podcast. I can't. I will be here all year. Oh no, wait. So Pacifica yeah. is introduced uh, as the villain. She's the pompous, she's mean to Mabel. Um typical rich kid. Typical rich kid. She um has a problem. She comes to them for help. We get elements of her tragic backstory, the awful things that have happened to her, mm-hmm. right? Which her doesn't parents treat her very poorly, yep. and they, it's like it's high expectations, etc. She recognizes that she's done something wrong in the Haunted House episode. She recognizes the wrong her family has done. Mm-hmm. Extra bonus on top of that. Uh-huh. She accepts responsibility for that uh-huh. and does oh, what God. she can to to re, uh, re- make restorations for yep. it. She's involved in the ending of the show as one of the symbolic characters, forever that means. Um, and it is a children's show. She does not make the ul- children's show. She does not make the ultimate sacrifice, <laughs> oh, but wow. I guess it doesn't need to be we required. Can ask Alex yeah. if, he's plan- if he planned on it. So I think Pacifica Northwest does pass the Snape Greyjoy formula. <laughs> Let's do it with Regina George. Right, Regina George is next. Let's do Regina George. <laughs> Talk us through Regina George, Michelle, oh. from Mean Girls, correct? Okay. Yes, Regina George from Mean Girls. Typical Mean Girl, not great, very uninvolved family other than Amy Poehler trying to offer her alcohol. Um, (laughs) Something bad happens to her, she gets hit by a bus, and then she changes her lifestyle. Ultimate sacrifice. Ultimate sacrifice. Wait, does she die? No, being no she doesn't. That's <laughs> the joke, That's though. the joke. Oh, So right. they're like, and then she died. Just kidding, but she got really hurt. And she started using all of her, um, not really, I guess, vicious attitude into playing lacrosse. Oh, all right. And got really good at it. I, you tell me, does this pass the Snape Greyjoy for me? I don't know it's, if it it's does. It's questionable. But, <laughs> questionable. But she's, but she's relatable to Pacific Northwest. All right, you know, rich yeah. girl. So here's our last one we're going to be focusing on today. Spike from Buffy. 
I 100% think that he qualifies for this. Even more so than Angel does in that show. And there's a great scene between him and Angel where, like, literally they're fighting over the, like... The amulet thing? Yeah, Yeah. and he says to him, like, you were cursed with a soul. I didn't have one, and I went through hell to get one. And, like, like, yeah, dude, if you, without the the conscience to do this, decided, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, like, yeah. He wow. he's a bad guy. He does atrocious things. He, uh, he recognizes he has a sad life. He begins to repent. He you know works with the heroes and begins you know changing his ways. In season eight, he makes the ultimate sacrifice, start blocking off the door to hell. And since Angel went on one more season, he got he got an epilogue. Well, does he I, get I, resurrected? In the angel? Yeah, in Angel. Yeah, yeah. I, need one, I need one point clarified, because I don't remember. How did Spike get his soul? Yeah. He, he went through the demon trials. Mm-hmm. He essentially literally went to hell and went through torture and okay. pain and suffering and to get why? his soul back. So, because he wanted it back. I think part of the reason... Well, why, 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 that's, why did he want it back? Well, because he fell in love with Buffy. Okay. That's the that's where so, wrinkle. When I yeah, hear people complain wrinkle. about this, first of all, it's in the spectrum of the Buffy verse Buffy where works. you've got Angel who gets a soul thank you who gets a, who has Angel who gets a soul because of a curse a curse and it like he loses it when he loves somebody it's very stupid right yeah, so yeah. so spikes is probably at least equally stupid maybe a little less stupid but it still feels like your motivation is worse than Snape's. I'm not going to be a fascist wizard anymore because my girlfriend got hurt. Not even my girlfriend. The girl I have, a, I'm stalking. Uh, I think it's also important to remember that in season three, he gets captured by the science dudes uh-huh. and they put the um, chip in his head. Uh-huh. That basically, and I forgot about the whole timeline of things a little bit. I was he refreshing can't, myself. Like, attack people, where, right? Yeah, he can't hurt people. He, he if he spike. hurts people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah. he's got the chip in his brain. That's basically if he hurts people, and he was tortured while he was held by them too. He will feel like immense pain if he hurts anybody, and I think that kind of, I want to say, nudges him into slowly starting to become a better. Torture by reconditioning. I think this fits the theory on great joy. Yeah. There we go. Exactly. Well, it depends. I think there are. So here's what I vaguely remember from this show is that while there was a lot of like trappings that was geeky, like stupid, like, oh, I, I fell in love with Buffy and I went through uh, the, the wizard's cup of demons. <laughs> I don't even know. And then somebody put a chip in my brain. All that stuff happened. The, the character gets a chance to actually say, you know. I've been thinking about this, and I actually feel like I made mistakes in the past. And there is definitely moments where Spike says that, even if that's motivated by a chip in the brain or a love triangle or whatever. He does acknowledge it's like he's, but he's acknowledging it in a kid in a teenage soap opera. So, so there's got to be some rough, goofiness. But you, you get the broad strokes of it. Yeah, yeah I think. Um, See, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure. Not sure either. Yeah, really qualify. I, I I don't know if this applies in the case of Spike or Angel, uh, but I I think if you are if you essentially have a conscience thrust upon you against your will, mm-hmm. that doesn't really qualify you for a redemption. I you know yeah. this this happened if I remember correctly to Sabretooth in the X Men comic books. Oh God! <laughs> where circle back? He, yeah. he essentially got a conscience thrust onto him. 
and he joined the good guys and you know felt awful about all the things that he did. But the second that condition was reversed, he immediately started just being an animal and murdering people again. I, I think it's complicated because sometimes it's used as a narrative crutch. To yeah. S- that the whole thing about you have a soul now is, I mean, imagine Star Wars with Vader at, right before he saves Luke. Someone says, I give you the Force soul. And he's like, my Force soul is back. And then it's just garbage. <laughs> really does take a lot of yeah, weight off right? it. Or, or even if you do the, uh, the, the, the latest trilogy... Where uh, it's because of the forced dyad that that what's yeah. his face thinks. Uh, yeah, what would have been interesting oh. would be if uh, if 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 Vader had encountered C three PO at one point and seeing him <laughs> reminded him of his childhood on Tatooine. Oh like, man! Oh my God! What have I done? It would have been 3PO. amazing. The same scene in Return of the Jedi with Luke and the Emperor and Vader, but C three PO. Vader lifts up the emperor, throws him down, he's like, and it runs to Theopio's side and he's melted. I want that made. (laughs) All right, last thing. We're we're going full circle now, legitimately. Wait, so does Spike pass the test? I don't. I. I don't know. He's, we don't. We're not sure. It's a hung sure. jury. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hung jury. I. If you know, because you have recently rewatched uh, Buffy or or, or even Angel, uh, please leave us a comment in the post. Of we want to hear this. I'm sure someone with fresh eyes on the subject matter can run the uh, the Snape Greyjoy test and let us know. <laughs> but uh, all right. So now full circle back to Star Wars and Kylo Ren. Let's run Kylo Ren through the Snape Greyjoy test. He, in in Rise of Skywalker, on the Death Star, battling Rey, the moment his mother calls out to him, there's a, and he has a scene with his father's ghosts, there is a moment where, and he has been struggling for this for the entire trilogy, he is... Unsure of himself to the point where he feels like he's completely lost. He doesn't know what to do. And at that moment when he's talking to Han Solo, like there's a there's a I love you exchange and I know. And I think I think he legitimately questions why he's doing any of this at the death of his mother. Uh, And that's it's it's as self-serving as Snape questioning being a death eater once he finds Lily dead. Which is what I think goes back to what I was saying before. How does this necessarily even qualify? Because maybe like, cause he's as nebulous as Snape if uh, like to the point of, well, I think yeah. we well, came I, out. I think it's different than Snape because I think it's, I think it's much more nebulous than Snape. Snape makes a decision, right? Like a definitive, mm, fair. like this is my final decision. I don't think we ever get any evidence that Kylo Ren makes a final decision here. Oh, that's fair. I know what it is. This is where he lands when he dies. Yeah, no, yeah. I think I know what it is. Yeah. Cause that, and that's what I actually even complained about in Rise of Skywalker. There's a scene where Kylo Ren throws his lightsaber and gives it all up, it seems, until he immediately shows up to fight more people, kill more people with mm-hmm. a new lightsaber. It's that scene, that transition from, why am I doing this? I'm just going to give it all up. There does the sacrifice isn't there. Yep. Yeah. Right? He, he gives he, up his life, but also it's not. It doesn't hold the same amount of weight as Snape, who literally spends the rest of his life yeah. trying to make up for what he's done. It's not clear it's, that Kylo Ren actually wouldn't have done what he did anyways yeah. in the last act of that movie. Kylo he, Ren follows the wishes of whoever 
last whispered in his ear. Yeah, it's he doesn't lose anything by giving it up, right? Like, if if you compare oh, him to Theon uh, in that last bit, right? It's you know Theon starts to rebuild his life. He yeah. starts to come back from his torture. He develops a relationship with Sansa. He you know he puts on the armor again. He gets to fight with you know Jon Snow, his adopted brother. Mm-hmm. Like you know he's he has something to lose. Kylo Ren doesn't. He was just about to say, like, I have nothing to lose. And then he was like, oh, cool. I still have nothing to lose. But hey, yeah, I more mean, fighting. He, he definitely dies fighting. But, uh, and, you know, he dies. But it's unclear that that is something he wouldn't have done anyways. Yeah. Except for gi- literally giving his life force for Rey, yeah. uh, which, I don't know. It just, it, there's so much in that scene that pulls you out. Even... Uh, even Vader has something to lose, right? At this point, we're very aware of the relationship that Vader has with his son. The whole conflict of, uh, you know, the Emperor and Vader and Luke is to have Luke join him. Like, that's what Vader is giving up, right? A relation, a continued relationship with his family, mm-hmm. right? Like, even Vader in that, in that small amount of time has something to lose. Kylo doesn't seem like he does. Yeah. I, so uh, it's an interesting formula, yep. and it's complicated to do a villain redemption. I would love to do this with like another two dozen villains, but we're out of time, and we have to we have to pay our sponsors, and our sponsors are Animal Crossing's New Leaf. That's right, <laughs> it's coming out in a few weeks. New Leaf, so we, New Horizons. I don't know, man. They're not really a sponsor. <laughs> Get it right. We don't have that Nintendo money. Can Animal Crossing ever be uh, redeemed? Uh, Yeah, well, we are doing our March Madness competition right now in the Facebook fan club. Please join us on Facebook.com slash group slash nonpro or Facebook.com slash nonpro. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, but no one is actually commenting that much there because they think we're insane. My hashtags are not useful. (laughs) Uh, Al, you have one thing to say? I will say, if you like what we did here today and you want us to try and continue to go through more villains like Frank says, I think comment let us know and see if we want to approach the subject again because i can think of one villain that i know uh does all of these things and doesn't work oh we're doing this all right you got a spoil hey anime doesn't count you want to tease it anime doesn't count i'm not speaking about this respect specifically i'm just in general he was just planning on saying that sentence anyways yeah all right good night everybody this has been a non-productive media presentation Executive producer Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Nonproductive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial No Derivatives license. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non productive.com.